0: Hello world singers, my name is Tyler.
1: And my name is Brooke. And
0: this is Cosmere Conversations. Conversations.
1: pod friends we've got a cool episode for you today
0: we are going through our rhythm of war reread back on kind of the normal track after we had our interview episode last time i really appreciated a bunch of the comments that we got from that episode and some of the feedback Definitely something, you know, new. We don't do a lot of interviews on the show, so thank you for the feedback there. It is now summer here in the Northern Hemisphere where we reside, and that means that summer requests are in, summer advertisements. I don't know what we call this section, but it's a section we only do in summer.
1: We call it our birthday season. Both of our birthdays are during the summer, and so we take this time to ask you to give us just a tiny little birthday gift and rate and review us on the podcast platform of your choice. Tell your friends about the pod if they are Cosmere people, or if you are trying to get them into the Cosmere, you can send them our spoiler-free Cosmere intro episode twenty-seven.
0: 27 is for friends that's the saying as it goes here (laughs) in Cosmere conversations land any of the places that you are able to listen able to rate able to review please do so that would be amazing and to be the most amazing and get double the number of episodes you can become a patron on patreon you're always welcome to join the conversation at any of our social media sites on that note i would love to hear from some of the fans Fans who responded after last week's episode with Kaylee of the Ivory System. Brooke, what did the fans have to say?
1: Alex V said... A thought occurred to me whilst listening to this episode. I wonder if the system that is Shalon somehow mirrors adenalsium. The fragmenting of personalities mirrors the shattering of adenalsium into separate pieces. Should Shalon manage to integrate her trauma and fuse back together into one entity, I wonder whether that experience would give her the skills and insight necessary to reform the shards back into a single entity.
0: I love this idea. Yes. Yeah, like, super this is cool. my new favorite idea from Alex. I think that as we talked about that fusing and integration that some people with DID are going to experience, sounds a lot like what would be the reverse of a shattering of Adam. Yeah.
1: And the idea of, as we see with harmony, even when those two shards are kind of fused. Together, they still retain their own uh, flavor in a sense. Mm-hmm. And Shalon, I think, would have sort of a unique perspective on that experience of having unity, but also differentiation and variation. And especially with Shalon being set up to be like a Cosmere scholar and like potential world hopper, I find this very interesting. Jordan D. also left a comment saying absolutely fantastic episode. You've been killing it lately. Kudos to Kaylee slash Ivory for fantastic explanations and examples. I am so down for more interviews like that in future episodes.
0: He went on to say, to give a theory about Shalon's childhood trauma, the possible first trauma that may be related to Balot, who we see, of course, harm and kind of grow in the harm he's sometimes doing to animals that maybe that was part of Shalon's original trauma as well that balat was somehow involved and then he redirected his trauma causing towards animals and Shalon goes through the experiences that she has basically getting multiple cool sprints
1: <laughs> i thought that was an interesting thought and i've Jordan kind of came from a perspective of like, Brandon is so often putting, you know, plot twists in and subverting our expectations. And so, as we mentioned in our interview with Kaylee, like maybe those things that we're thinking are likely to be childhood traumas for Shalon are actually not. Yeah. And this actually led me down a different path. And I started thinking, what if it's the mom? Like, we've seen the dad be awful.
0: Yeah, bad dad trope. Yeah. But instead, it's bad mom trope.
1: Yeah, like, I'm wondering if it's the mom. Obviously, she was, like, a bad enough mom to want to kill her daughter. <laughs> so I'm wondering if, like, their dad was cool until Shalon killed her mother, and then that is, like, the original trauma for the dad, who then goes down a bad path. But, like, maybe for all of the kids... The original trauma was actually coming from mom, Davar.
0: I like the idea that trauma can kind of ping around from person to person and yeah. back and forth between people. So you can like cause a situation of amplifying trauma. I think we see and experience that a little bit with Shalon and her dad who yeah. clearly are like bouncing back and forth between one another mm-hmm. each circling their own trauma and that's just causing additional trauma but maybe it did start from the mother's side or that relationship between the mother and father about this concept of you know how far are you willing to go in order to see your beliefs carried through if you think all radiants are bad are you going to kill your child that's like a very dark question that you could see people having stark differences on (laughs)
1: and then vince h said so i just wanted to add so many believe that the only way to gain power in the cosmere is to be broken and it is heavily indicated but there is a word of brandon that the lopen is a character to counter that argument and show that it's just the easiest way to gain power through being broken but it's not a requirement and i thought that was a good call out i mean i do think that like lopen lost his arm so even though he has a good attitude about it i think it's safe to say that that probably broke him at least a little bit more than physically
0: yeah it's interesting because of course lopen also regrows that arm very quickly Mm -hmm. indicating that though it was physically gone it was not physically excised from his spirit web yeah, that it was still part of him and part of who he believed himself to be was a person with an arm. And so I will just say to me, it seems very clearly if you think part of or if your spirit believes that something is a part of you and then it's physically not there, that would be traumatizing to me. Like if I felt <laughs> totally. like part of my body was yeah. not that like dissociation, there, exactly. like that's a trauma Maybe we can get into the game of, like, whose trauma's worse. But I think that it's a good call-out to remember that there are other avenues than just the mental or psychological breaking, that it is more complex than just that.
1: Totally. And I... I love the Lopin's character. We've talked about this when we talked about Don in which we get more close view of Lopin's character and his story and personality. And I just really love his variation on all of the um, Windrunner ideals.
0: I think it's a great time to start the podcast for real, though, because our focus today is on this concept of emulsifier which Navani and Rabaniel in Rhythm of War are working through, discovering, and eventually, as we believe, create an emulsifier.
1: Yeah, it's something that Navani is kind of meditating on throughout Rhythm of War, this idea of trying to find an emulsifier, trying to find the thing that will allow, well, specifically in her case, Stormlight and Voidlight to mix and I think that this concept is explored in a much broader way in terms of like a cohesive theme throughout Rhythm of War. And Navani and Rabaniel themselves are an example of this with a human and a singer working together. And like what is the thing that allows them to connect to each other and form a relationship And this comes into play in a bunch of different ways in Rhythm of War, which I find really interesting and exciting. So that's what we're talking about today.
0: This concept of emulsification or the emulsifier, I find really fascinating because of the overarching themes that we have seen throughout the Cosmere. But I want to start where we are kind of right now. And that's what the Rhythm of War and what we see in the Stormlight Archive specifically. And then I'll go to the big picture of the Cosmere.
1: Like we were talking about a couple of minutes ago, Brandon loves breaking expectations and paradigms. And Stormlight Archive is set up as a sort of traditional black and white Us versus them, good versus bad.
0: Literally humans versus aliens. Yeah,
1: exactly. Very uh, clear cut in that way. And then as we go along, complexity is continually being introduced as we've talked a lot about in terms of like the spren bond and what's possible and the fact that there's a lot that we don't know and actually a lot of gray area, for example, like in between the orders of Night's Radiant the whole construction of the Knights Radiant as being a sort of artificial thing that doesn't necessarily reflect the full complexity of the magic that is possible.
0: Absolutely. And the concept, even more basic, that the humans are the invaders and the aliens to Rishar, the ones that don't belong. I think that this whole concept of... Strict differences leading to conflict and then Brandon subverting those really is the coolest aspect of the Stormlight Archive. You go into it thinking it's one story and every time it feels like you have a really good handle, Brandon pulls it out in front of you and is just like, oh, yeah, the humans don't even belong on Rashar, by the way.
1: I think that's almost like the that's just the beginning, though, right, because even in that reversal, it's a duality it's still like, oh, humans were good, now humans are bad. And in Rhythm of War, that starts to get even further muddied, right? Where it's like, well, not all singers are bad and not all humans are good because we have Moash and we have Leshwi and we have Rabaniel who does some good things and some bad things. And we start to see all of these like middle paths like, the th- the third way, the other thing in between the things that we think we can choose from. And one way in which this appears in Rhythm of War, which I find super interesting, and I can't wait to explore more, is Ja Ja'anat and her quote-unquote enlightened spren, which are creating this, like, weird new version of Radiance and, like, potentially a third type of bond is it a Nahel bond and it's definitely not odium's magic at least as far as we know and it's not the old magic which brandon has said to be the actual like third type of magic on rashar so it's like completely outside of any of those things and i'm so interested in just like what it is and what it means for rashar
0: yeah, it seems almost like what Ba Edo Mishram was able to do with the false desolation and like creating the bonds with the oh, mm-hmm. singer people that Ja'ana has maybe found another loophole in that way where she is able to form a bond with through the yeah. Spren that she is enlightening with the humans and conceivably also with the singers who are, we know, able to be. Yeah. bonded as well
1: yeah that's an interesting thought and it's like again how is Unmade like work together this example of the middle path that's like a way for humans and singers to get magic without having to go to one of the
0: gods and that's really interesting and i want to just take a quick aside with this framework of the middle path because i i feel like it's going to just guide us through this episode and the middle path comes from Buddhism with this concept of historical or not, doesn't matter, but like this concept of the Buddha beginning his life as a very, very wealthy man, like a king or a prince and having all the pleasures of the world brought to him, never having to work for anything, rejecting that life and then going to the middle of nowhere, the jungle, the mountains, whatever, to just meditate by himself forever, give up all types of, pleasure including food like go on long fasting meditative retreats and just reject society completely and realizing and then inventing buddhism that neither of those extremes is the way towards peace nirvana salvation whatever word you want to use and so brandon has always clearly pulled from a lot of different resources christianity mormonism eastern religions including Buddhism. And I just find this way of thinking about the middle path reflected in all of the Stormlight Archive to be very powerful and very meaningful. So Ja'ana is one small example of this middle path. Like she is in the gaps between Mm -hmm. the big powers. She is
1: literally in the gaps. She exists. And this is another just like great example. She exists in between the physical and cognitive realms. So again, like in our brains, we have this paradigm of there are three realms, everything exists in one of these three realms. But that is not true. Quote, existing between the physical and cognitive realms, like many of the unmade, she belonged to neither one fully. Odium trapped them in a halfway existence end quote. And she talks about how she is like moving in both of those spaces at the same time, being fully of neither one of them, just as the spren that she corrupts don't really belong to any existing category either. Quote, humans called them corrupted, but she hated this term. She did not corrupt. She enlightened them, showing them that a different path was possible, end quote.
0: It really seems like this dichotomy, these strict rules and this formality may have been the honor that used to be kind of really enforcing these. And when he has the power to do so and to rule this world, it is maybe very difficult for things to go against that pattern Mhm. But now that honor is dead, it allows for more exploration and independent thought. I'm not even necessarily saying that honor is like a a dictator or like a tyrant who is forcing everyone to follow his rules, but I would just imagine that just that center of power and gravity acts like a pull on everyone so everyone wants to be a little bit more like honor and do what honor does and then once he's gone Jean I and not powerful entities can start like being more creative and independent
1: i like that thought i think you're going a little extreme with it because there's always been cultivation there too so it's not like honor was the only god you know but i get what you're saying
0: yeah, definitely don't want to count out cultivation in all of this as well. But it seems like her role would be just to, because
1: she's quieter doesn't mean she's less powerful.
0: No, no, no. She's not less powerful. Just, she's standing doing, up for
1: my girl because women often get pigeonholed like that.
0: It's almost like if you keep in mind. That these shards are maybe not taking the middle way, cultivation as well. Yeah. And that
1: I mean, I think that's like the the problem with the shards is that they are unable to take a middle path. They have to be, you know, all honor or all odium. And like we see that with odium in this book, right? Of like the vessel trying to control the power and like moderate it, modulate it a little bit. And the power is just like,
0: fuck no, I must rage. Let's go back to another quote, actually this one about Gliss. Quote, she creates in us a faction loved by neither men nor Odium. Gliss agreed. No home, no allies. She might be destroyed by either. We will need more, like you and like me, together, end quote. At the end of Rhythm of War, this kind of a large presence of light spren surrounded by venli and kind of like following venli who seemed to like have gone off with the listeners or towards the listeners to bond as new radiance and then jaana not in the same numbers but is also introducing other of her spren into the greater Cosmere war or the war of Rashar, whatever we're calling it in the form of tumi and Relaine. that I think is going to continue to develop as well. Like we're going to slowly start seeing more and more of Ja'ana's radiance show up on the field.
1: Yeah, because we know that she has corrupted multiple. We don't really know how many, but multiple higher spren. Yeah, it's just that the only one we saw bonded to a new Radiant, like I don't even know if we can call them radiants. Like, what are they? We don't know. But um, I think Relaine's the only one we see bond, and uh, his Spren. We have quote: Once an ordinary Mist Spren, Tumi had let Jarnat touch him, and in so doing, make him into something new—a Spren of both honor and odium. End quote. Which is so cool because the whole book is about like honor and odium coming together. Yeah. yeah, the rhythm of and war. And
0: here is the manifestation of that yeah. creation, that rhythm of war now exists. Like,
1: if they use, if the people bonded to these types of Spren use Warlight, are they like more powerful? I mean, they're already more powerful, I would guess, because it seems like maybe they could use both Stormlight and Voidlight, maybe. But then, like, what about Warlight? I don't know. This just begs so
0: many questions. It is really hard to imagine a source of power better than Stormlight because of how readily available it is. Right now, oh, I guess Towerlight would be the only comparison now that the sibling has been revived. But you also have to, like, be at the Tower to get that, whereas Stormlight covers the whole planet, how are they generating Warlight in a large enough amount, or can you internally generate something like Warlight? Mm. Like that well, is a question that I think remains to be seen. Is what if the end result of these enlightened Spren is they're able to use light that otherwise wouldn't be available?
1: Yeah. We're going to talk more about Relaine and Renarin in just a little bit. Hold your horses, everyone out there who's like, please talk about this. We're going to, trust me. But as I
0: introduced, (laughs) the sibling themselves is an emulsifier between human and spren.
1: Yeah, they say, quote, the common ground, the sibling said, between humans and spren. That That is why I was created so long ago, end quote fascinating.
0: This is I think the best example or the clearest example of the middle path because Ja'anat we still don't know a lot about. We're still like exploring and just seeing the tendrils of... Well, they're kind of of
1: the same, right? Ja'anat is the middle of odium and honor Mm -hmm. or she's creating the middle of odium and honor and the sibling is creating well, was created by honor and cultivation and is creating a middle path of humans and spren.
0: And so they're emulsifying different aspects. Uh And that's what I think is really important to remember is that there are so often in the Cosmere parallel stories that like we got a lot with the sibling and finding out what was going on about the sibling. Comparatively, there's only a few chapters or really paragraphs about na but they are on similar trajectories because they I are think cousins yeah exactly Jean so I think that recognizing them as cousins experiencing the same path both doing something like acting as an emulsifier all solidifies around mm-hmm. this concept of like the middle path is really important to the overall story of the stormlight archive
1: and just one more layer of this is the fact that the sibling Is uses gender-neutral pronouns and does not assign themselves a human-defined gender, and in that way also exists in this middle, undefined space.
0: As we have previously talked about, I think there has to be some type of emulsification between the humans and the spren in regards to their fabrials and their technology. Yeah, and
1: just like the economy in general.
0: Yes, I think that nivani and the siblings initial clash was about the use of spren in fabrials and there has to be some solution to that problem because i believe that the cosmere demands it that it will be part (laughs) of the larger cosmere and if it's part of the larger cosmere then it has to be able to leave rashar and right now we believe that things that are bound by spren which i would include fabrials like i don't think a flame spren can be put into a fabrile and taken off Rishar. Would you agree? I have no idea. I think that that's all part of the equation is that some emulsifier probably coming from the sibling is going to unlock the greater potential of the humans and the spren.
1: You think the sibling is going to have a way to dissolve connections to Rishar and allow them to travel cosmically?
0: It may be a different emulsifier or using a different emulsifier, but yes, yeah, I, I think that know. that is going to happen.
1: I don't know if I think the sibling is going to be part of that, although that's certainly one of the trajectories we're going to be following.
0: Tell us a little bit more about Warlight and the Rhythm of War.
1: Obviously, this is the most flashy in-your-face uh, version of this like middle path emulsifier theme in Rhythm of war. (laughs) The literal embodiment of the coming together and the blending of honor and odium. So the actual like antithesis of this entire black and white conflict that we have been following throughout the entirety of the Stormlight Archive, Navani discovers that they're not opposites. They can mix together, just like she and Rabaniel can collaborate. And just like we see humans and singers interacting throughout the book, um, often in antagonistic ways, but not always.
0: We have this quote, Quote, the rhythm of war vibrated through her, proof that there could be harmony. At the same time, the nearly clashing tones told another story. Harmony could be reached, but it was exceedingly difficult. End quote. That struggle to reach harmony, I think, is also being experienced by our man Harmony. Harmony. (laughs) And I think that that line has dual intents and meanings about Harmony being exceedingly difficult to reach.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think just the idea that peace or collaboration or uh, consensus among people is difficult and like we want it to be easy and Mm -hmm. I think we often kind of give up if it's not easy and the point being that yes, it is possible, but yes, it takes work, a lot of work as we see Navani and Rabaniel experience throughout this entire book, just trying to get the lights together.
0: I think that the concept of working together, coming together through an emulsifier, allowing all of these different species, different people, different spren, all of this stuff to work together in harmony is probably the theme of Stormlight Archive, but I do wonder if there will be an end result of no, it's too difficult. Mm, Like the juice is not worth the squeeze. (sighs) The harmony that is said to be the thing that we want or seemingly the thing that we want is actually not worth all of the work to create it. Like I feel like clearly the trajectory is set and Brandon strikes me as a hopeful writer. But if he wants to, at least in the first five, end on a real downer it could very clearly be like dalinar is corrupted by terravodium and rashar looks completely lost a bunch of main characters die and it's this way of moving forward that sets us up on a very dark path which hopefully way down the road there's a reverse in stormlight 6 through 10 but I do question is like, can we end Stormlight 5 on an overly hopeful tone and note?
1: Yeah, I think that's a good question. I'm still hoping for a lot of the middle path in Book 5, like we've talked about. I really hope that the resolution to the big battle of champions is something we can't anticipate and not just Odium wins, Dalinar wins. That's my hope.
0: Yeah, I agree. That is also... My hope as well.
1: I also then- had this thought of, like, if I'm Navani, my logical next step in my scientific process would be to try combining warlight with Life Light.
0: Yeah. Why would you stop after yeah. what you have learned?
1: Yeah. Obviously, you would just try all of the different combinations and just make it all. Okay. Duh. So and we- so my thought is, like, what if she does that and she succeeds and she creates like let's just call it Roshar light because it would be all of the pure tones of Rashar together obviously if it's Rashar light it's the most powerful light maybe. on Rashar. and yeah. so maybe that's how they like win the battle of champions i don't know how this is a wild theory i just started thinking about it when i was taking notes and i love it <laughs>
0: So we have lifelight, which is of cultivation. We have warlight, which is combo of honor and odium. Not unlike how wax and wane, for that matter, are combos of Alamancy and Ferukami, Pulling from both of those power sources are things like warlight. We already know that there is a parallel to warlight, which is towerlight. Right, mm-hmm. The yeah. combo between cultivation and honor. We would expect then that there should be a cultivation and odium, odium light.
1: Yeah, which we talked about when we talked about, I think it was in our light episode, Venli at one point channels both odium and cultivation. And she doesn't like name the rhythm at all, but it does happen. I can't remember what I called it in that episode, but it was good. <laughs>
0: It was genius. Everyone should use that now.
1: Yeah. And I think Tower Light is science light. I'm gonna keep coming back to that.
0: Okay. So I really think that it introduces all of these like overlapping circles, you know, the, the Venn diagrams with yeah. The, yeah, exactly. And so we have at the center, hopefully, is a Rashar light, the combo of everything, and that would be represented by this harmony and everything working together. I do think that is going to happen on the back of the sibling. They are going to be key to that role.
1: I mean, Navani did it without the sibling the first time. I believe in her. (laughs) Although maybe now her new bondsmith powers will help her bond the lights together.
0: Mm. Exactly. Because she's, you know, conceivably like the master of light in Navani. Yeah, she is. She is the voice of light. So I think that that role as as a bondsmith, Dalinar's clearly doing like the whole lead on the battlefield, whatever general stuff. Navani could be figuring out the magic, yeah, and I want more of that. But clearly, if Navani's doing it, then also the sibling is doing it as well. They nine are one nine. now,
1: yes <laughs> the another big way that this middle path manifests is in the subgroup of the listeners, who also just completely opt out of this good-bad, two-sided war that's happening. They literally take a middle path out onto the Shattered Plains to avoid taking sides in this conflict at all. Quote, they hadn't merely rejected the singer gods, they'd rejected the conflict holding to family, singing to love despite their dull forms. They'd left the war and gone a new way. The tone snapped in her mind, cultivation and odium mixing into a harmony, and it thrummed through Venley. End quote.
0: There we go. So the listeners themselves or these people may be acting as another emulsifier. And I think that the more obvious examples, the sibling Ja'anat, this really challenged like the concept of what is an emulsifier? What can an emulsifier be? Because here I believe it's a people or this group of people.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that we see that position of the listeners as emulsifiers strengthened by the end of Rhythm of War as well with not only Venli going back, but some of the fused going to the listeners and, like, joining with them. We have uh this quote, We fought against our own to preserve lives, Leshwi said. We do not wish that to continue. We will find a third option outside this war, the path of the listeners, end quote.
0: Incredibly impactful, especially with what we saw between Leshwi and Kaladin and their you know, small relationship, but the relationship that they have. Yeah,
1: just like a mutual respect. Mm-hmm. You know, less intense in both ways uh, from Navani and Rabaniel, who are both more friendly and more antagonistic than Leshwi and Kaladin. But Leshwi and Kaladin, I think, are more representative of, like, the possibility widespread in terms of humans and singers of just, like, we can respect each other. And, like, be reasonable people.
0: <laughs> I definitely agree. We can be reasonable people. <laughs> we also need to talk about the fact that the listeners have somehow managed to get a pet Chasm Oh my fiend. gosh.
1: Yes. Can we please talk about this? Because what the heck?
0: Are they controlling the Chasm Fiend? Is the Chasm Fiend their friend? Are they somehow connected through rhythms? Are they all singing to like the song of the Chasm Fiend?
1: Per word of Brandon, Chasm Fiend's... And their spren bonds give them increased sentience similar to Ryshadium.
0: Ooh.
1: So... You know how much I
0: love Ryshadium.
1: I know. My thought is that the chasm fiend, for some reason, like, came to their rescue mm-hmm. during the Battle of Narok and, like, helped them, you know, escape the chasms. And now they're friends. Don't know why that happened, but... That's what I think happened.
0: My best guess is that it comes from the fact that clearly a large animal like the chasm fiends are going to be because we know that their like vision is not super great, but they can definitely sense everything like they don't need. Yeah, perfect I think they sight.
1: rely more on their hearing.
0: Exactly. Hearing. But also I would suspect the sensing um, mm -hmm. like an elephant you know how they can like make the deep tones and hear themselves from long off some type of echolocation but through the ground and i would suspect that if you were a group of people all singing to your death you know thinking that you're going to die in the chasms Mm -hmm. that that could then send off a powerful enough signal that the chasm fiend would be like i got your back bros no need to die here sadness is sad because we know that chasm fiends definitely are intelligent enough to have we'll say like the emotions of a rishadium and we know the rachadium are intense feeling creatures very temperamental at times so like why not the chasm fiends too
1: yeah i'm also just thinking we know that the chasm fiend population is severely yeah. dwindling because dealt with of loss. yeah and uh the listeners are really in the same position of, like, Mm. being an endangered species, basically. And so that is the emulsifier between them. Sadness. Bringing it all back around.
0: Man, just like Inside Out. Sadness (laughs) bonds the chasm Fiends and the listeners. Near imminent death brings them together.
1: (laughs) We've talked a lot about one of the singer-human relationships that appear in Rhythm of War, Navani and Rabaniel, But just one quote to sort of illustrate this and what the human singer emulsifier might be in the future. Quote, emulsifier, Navani whispered. What? A joined purpose. Humans and singers, honor and odium. They're fighting to protect the helpless sibling,
0: end quote. Powerful stuff. And as you said, the guiding principle, it seems to be.
1: Moving to another very exciting relationship between humans and singers, Renarin and Relaine, the first on-screen confirmed human-singer love match. Very exciting.
0: There's not enough things that I can say. I am so hopeful that Renarin's role in Stormlight Archive only grows and maybe he becomes far more important in the long He is supposed
1: to have a point of view book in the back half.
0: Exactly. So I'm banking, like if I was going to bet heavy on characters to keep an eye on, Renarin would be number one. And now with Relaine and the powerful, as we were just saying, kind of relationship that formed between them around their awkwardness or their ostracization
1: outsider status yes they're part of the outsiders i love these two together so much they are just like middle way on top of middle way (laughs) individually they each exist in like a weird middle gray area Mm -hmm. renarin with the, just the fact that he is very different within his society, he doesn't necessarily express all of the traditional qualities associated with his gender and his station in his society. And then Relaine is a singer who is part of the listeners, who has spent a lot of time with humans and like likes a lot of them, but he's not fully embraced really by either side and then they come together into a very unconventional middle path relationship. And they both have these weird middle path spren. And they are just going hard on the middle pathness.
0: They are the most middle pathness. <laughs> they really when are. When you wanna look at an example of the middle path, look no further. The epitome
1: further. of emulsifier is Renarin and Relane.
0: It's a subtitle of their romantic comedy story (laughs) that we rewrite, you know, in like 20 to 25 years. You got to come back and see everything. It's not going to be all dark and dreary. People aren't going to be dealing. No, this is just a a, beautiful love story. It's just a (laughs) rom-com with 98 minutes of Renarin and Relaine meeting, falling in love, breaking up, and then, of course, getting back together. (laughs) There's also this quote that goes along with what you were saying about them being the epitome of the middle path. Quote, we are awed by you, Relaine, the bridger of minds. We are honored, end quote.
1: Yeah, that's from his brand new Spren, Enlightened Spren. And I love that title for Relaine, the bridger of minds. Like, he really is the best kind of ambassador, go between. In between all of the groups.
0: I feel like that is covering most of the Stormlight Archive. I want to send us off like a rocket ship through the Cosmere (laughs) and just kind of pick up on some other emulsifiers that maybe we have seen. And if you, dear listener, would like to point out some other examples that you think are emulsifiers happening on their own planet in their own story you can reach out to us on twitter and facebook and reddit and all the different places but i think we've already talked about one which to me is the most obvious other emulsifier and that's zazed not Mm -hmm. zazed that is harmony because you already talked about how he's holding two different kind of acting as an emulsifier between those two but i think the character of zazed in mistborn era one is the emulsifier of the crew mm. remember he is sure filling this role for vin as a teacher but also helping out kelsier as a leader and convincing other people to join some of the people are angry or at least you know they're a little questioning of kel as a leader but zazed is this presence that soothes people's mind not unlike breeze but in his own way of bringing people together through religion and he is talking about and trying to find all these religions for people i feel like he is definitely an example of just trying to reach in and touch people and make an emotional connection that acts as an emulsifier for their crew and then clearly he's also The hero of ages, when it would seem that everyone else around him is better suited to be the hero of ages. Vin is our main character. Kelsier, you know, could have been it in book one. But it is this person, like Renarin, like Relaine, who doesn't quite fit in to any of his societies. Not terrorist society. He was Mm -hmm. kicked out and ostracized there. Yeah. And not in the normal society of people down in Luthadel. He is he also
1: is a man, but not a man.
0: yes, he's a eunuch, so this middle way is clearly representing itself other places in the cosmere. I think Zazed is an obvious one. I want to throw it out to the fans to mention other emulsifiers, but if you were going through the cosmere real quick, do you think there are any other emulsifiers that jump out at you?
1: I haven't given it much. Thought, honestly, Um, I guess you could say in Elantris, at the very end, at least, Hrathen is mm, somewhat of an emulsifier, like trying to find a middle path between his country and his religions, like uber militaristic convert by the sword mentality and the society of Aralon and just like trying to find a way to you know, convert more peaceably and like, hey, can't we all just relate to each other and talk to each other? And like, do we really need to kill them all? Maybe not.
0: When asked, do we need to kill them all? Maybe not, is a good (laughs) default answer. Yeah, I definitely feel like once we've hit on this concept of middle path and emulsifiers, that it's just very apparent like in the background of a lot of things i think it's like one of brandon's core beliefs is that there is a middle path in all things
1: and i think that is the the thing the guiding principle that brings about all of the plot twists and complexity that we so enjoy about the cosmere books
0: another thing that everybody enjoys is the stormlight archive explained badly
1: We've heard a lot of good ones, and this one remains my favorite. <laughs> quote, magic through trauma and fuck my lash. End quote.
0: As it should be, as it will be, forever and always.
1: <laughs> Thank you to everyone who commented on the Facebook and gave us your Stormlight Archive explained badlies. Those will be coming up in future episodes. Please, if you have just a moment... Rate and review us either on your podcast platform or on Facebook or just by telling your friends about the pod. Send them a link to one of our episodes on YouTube. If you don't know if they're a podcast person or you don't know what platform they use, we're on YouTube. Everyone can YouTube.
0: Everyone can YouTube. You can YouTube. That's why it's called YouTube. There it is. You can always reach out to us, let us know your thoughts and theories share the podcast with someone over these next summer months. I hope that everybody enjoys in the Northern Hemisphere these summer months. Brooke, can you take us away?
1: Until next time, life before death,
0: strength before weakness,
1: journey before destination.